The Friday Reporter launched in March of 2021 as a conversation with today's journalists and has expanded to include newsmakers, lawmakers, image makers, and just about anybody who's in the news or the news adjacent business. The podcast is in partnership with PR Daily and is part of the Big Wig Podcast Network. If you like the show, please hit the subscribe button to make sure you've got ready access to the latest conversation. And if you've got an idea for a great guest, don't forget to send your ideas to Lisa at FridayReporter.com. Well, hello, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast. Today's episode is with Sirakshi Rai, who is the Director of Audience and Social Media at The Hill Newspaper. Thank you. Thank you, Sirakshi, for being with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So let's let's just jump into it. Tell me a little bit about your um, about your pathway to getting to The Hill. Tell me about your background and how you got started. So it's very interesting. I was born and raised in Bombay or Mumbai, as it's known now, um, in India. And I always wanted to be a journalist. You know, my family is is media adjacent. And I grew up, you know, watching my father um, put his magazine to bed every month and, and interview people and just be such a perfectionist and pay attention to detail uh, while he was editing this magazine that I knew I always wanted to be a reporter and a journalist. Um, you know, there was never any question that I would, you know, get into any other profession. So I started interning when I was 16 and I interned every place that could take me from, you know, local newspapers to um, National Geographic India to, you know, asking them if they wanted anyone to interview people or writing to editors to say, hey, I'd love to intern for you over the summer. So, you know, I I had internships lined up from when I was 16 up until when I left India to do my master's at 20. Um, and then I was a graduate of history and political science and then realized I really wanted to do my master's in journalism. And, you know, my parents struggled to save enough money because of the exchange rate to send me to London. I went to London, had the best time of my life, you know, in that one year, I did three more internships at the Times wow. of London, at Draper's Magazine, and at Lonely Planet Traveler um, in in the UK. And then, you know, being Indian, and as most journalists who come to study in the US from India know, getting a visa and a work sponsorship opportunity for us is very rare. So I went back home to India, worked as a political journalist at this media startup, First Post, and that's when I was first introduced to the aspect of audience in journalism. You know, I had a very cool executive editor and she was always looking at Chartbeat and looking at the numbers and looking at what else we could do and how we could, you know, get Google to push our story up. So it was a very exciting time. And um, I worked with, you know, some of the best uh, women leaders at that time. Um, and then a couple of years after that, I left to go uh, live in Dubai and work as the digital editor of Esquire in uh, in Dubai because, you know, I felt that my career in India wasn't really, you know, going place and I wanted to go back to being an international journalist again. So, you know, fast forward, I've been in Dubai five years and then the pandemic hit and I met my husband in grad school and he is from D.C. Mm-hmm. and he wanted to come home and it was the year of the elections, 2020, you know, he just got a freelance opportunity working for a media company in DC. And we were like, you know, why not? It's it's elections. And, and we came here and I was very nervous about having to start from scratch because my career had already been so established. Sure. Um, I really, you know, struggled to, especially as a, as a woman, as a woman of color, um, and as an immigrant journalist, you, you always have to like, 
start from scratch and make those connections again and, 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 you know, prove your worth time and time again. So I was very, you know, lucky in the sense that the Hill kind of, you know, offered me a deputy managing editor of social media position right off the bat, not knowing anything about my history and anything about my, my background, you know, they, they took that, that chance. And, uh, and here I am, you know, um, I'm now the director of audience and it's been a really fun journey so far. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, you've been more, way more places than I've ever been. That's so impressive. And also, too, like taking that leap of faith, right, to come here and to, and to, to get here and to be here. Um, and now, like at an exciting time, 2020 was, I mean, you really sort of, I mean, head first right into the busiest, what I can ever remember, busiest news cycles of, of our lifetime, really. So tell me a little bit now about what the director of audience for The Hill does. It's a really exciting job. No day is the same. You're really strategizing and working on a daily basis with the editors, reporters, and planning for the future to figure out how do you make people keep coming back to your website for more? What can we give them? What value are we, you know, putting to our content that is something that people appreciate, that they value, that they want to keep coming back for more? How can we, you know, get them to be a loyal um, user of our site, a loyal consumer of, of what we produce. And that is exciting in itself because, you know, when you finally give the audience what they want and what they want to read, then, you know, they just want to keep coming back for more because yeah. they they trust you. You're a trusted resource for them and, you know, you're, you're laying it out straight. So it's a very exciting job. It involves working with reporters, editors. I've worked very closely with uh, my managing editor and the other editors on my team, but I also work um, across the the company to work with our product team to visualize, you know, what do we need to do to set ourselves apart from our competitors? Because it's a highly competitive field. Oh, yeah, no and, doubt. And we're all stacked very close together. And, and what differentiates us is not only our, our journalism, which is amazing, but but the products that we offer our readers and, you know, how do we keep innovating and keep growing and keep giving them something that they value. So it's very exciting. And um, no day is the same. I love that too. And I love that you talk about innovation. Because when I think about the hill, I've been in town for 22 years myself, um, which is unbelievable. I mean, I came here with a plan to move back. I'm from the Northeast to move home in two years. So here I am. Um, but innovation is probably the most descriptive word that I would use for the way the hill operates. The Hill has continued to reinvent and restore and refine and, and find neat and different ways to stay super relevant in a town where newspapers really do. They ebb and they flow. They come and they go. Um, but your publication continues to be one that I am just increasingly impressed with. Uh, talk to me, though, about this is a real like the job that you do is really is really hard. And it's hard because there are so many competing interests. I mean, for, for a lot of different reasons, whether it's TV, whether it's advertising, there's so many ways to get in front of your audiences. Would you talk to me a little bit about maybe some of the things you're finding now that are trends that you are, are finding useful or interesting? Um, and it could be the kinds of things that we're seeing already, but I'm curious to pick your brain a little bit about that. I think it's so interesting you say that, right? Like one eye is always on our competitors and what they're doing, but you can't be too focused in what everyone else is doing because then you're going to be too focused on them and not focus enough on on what you need to be doing to reach more people, right? So that's always been our philosophy at the Hill. 
where we keep an eye on them and we keep a close eye on them, but we don't really focus too much. We still do what we do and what we're good at, which is, um, you know, giving people unbiased news of what goes on in Congress and how it actually impacts regular Americans. You know, people forget that. But, you know, in terms of the trends that we're seeing, you know, it's what we learn in journalism school, right? The who, what, where, why, when, and how. And I feel like more often than not, the more experienced people get in this industry, they forget that the regular person just wants to to understand what the issue is at hand. Sure. And I think that's something that The Hill has done really well over the last year that has allowed us to really grow our audience even more than in 2022. You know, we've, we've just been on a, on a growth spurt, which has been amazing, but it's because we give people that context. Like we give them the policy focus on it and we give them what we're good at, which is, you know, decoding policy for um, for our readers. But we also you know, have created this environment to draw new people in, Mm -hmm. to give them the basics so they understand what the issue is. You know, there's no point breaking down this highly complex, you know, um, NDAA bill or or the speakership fight if we're only appealing to the audience that lives in Washington, D.C. or the DMV, right? You have to explain it to the regular Americans, you know, why should they care about what happens in in D.C.? You know, and, and, you know, not being from the States, when I travel to different states, which which I really love doing because it exposes me to to you know all different kinds of, of 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 Americans who live here and who call this 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 beautiful country their home, I'm always amazed at how little attention they pay to what happens in D.C. or in Congress. Right, Absolutely. so you really need to break it down for them, make them care about why this is important, you know, why, what is happening, how does, how does Ukraine aid really impact them? You know, we, we don't really know, we'll write our stories about Ukraine aid and, 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 and the fight that's going on in Capitol Hill, but for the regular American, why is this important? And I think we give them that aspect of, of news. And, and that's really, I think, it's not really a trend, but it's our philosophy. You know, it's like breaking down a complex subject so that the regular person sitting at home who has no idea and has no connection to Washington, D- Washington DC yeah. can also understand the journalism we create and produce. So, so we really, you know, we have that stuff as well for the congressional readership. Oh yeah. We yeah. have the stuff that's needed for the regular Americans to understand I love you know, that. what they need. I totally love that. And, you know, I say that all the time. Um, that's the biggest disconnect that that we talk about when we talk about in politics. We talk about, you know, not only talking about the issues that are inside the Beltway, but breaking them down so people understand that, you know, a safe Europe, a stable Ukraine means a safe U.S., right? And those kinds of things are really, really being communicated out. But you also, too, at the Hill are really good about Get it, meeting people where they are. So like you're very smart about having um, a smart social strategy. You're smart about having like visual and print. So because everybody consumes information and news stories differently. And I love that you guys have really done a nice job of integrating all of that into the products that you're doing. I know you're gearing up for 24 and I know you have some new things um, that are on the horizon. Can you talk to me a little bit about what we can expect from you in the new year without breaking any news today? 
Yeah, it's it's really cool. You know, we recently announced this new partnership with Decision Desk uh, in the month of October, and we're going to be partnering with them on elections. And I think what you'll find from the Hill in 2024 is that it's going to be really exciting because we're going to be having these amazing products that people can actually consume and understand what exactly is happening with the election. You know, they'll be able to tell um, straight away um, they're going to have it decoded for them. There's not going to be any confusion around, uh, you know, or um, any kind of, you know, mystified um, Good. stuff that, yeah. that, that can kind of understand. You know, it'll be broken down in a very uh, logical and, and, and way where, you know, the regular person is not confused after they come to our election site. So right. it's going to be really fun. It's going to be a very uh, engaging uh, product that we're going to launch. Um, you know, but really, like I said, you know, our, our philosophy at the Hill is, how can we, what can we give our readers that they need, right? So we're going to give them the content that they need. We're going to give them, you know, what kinds of policy is is each candidate espousing? You know, what do they mean? Where do they stand on foreign policy? Where do they stand on, on health? Where do they stand on defense? And if you look at some of the stuff we've already created, which is our candidates page on our election center right now, you really get a sense where we've broken down where each candidate stands on different policies, you know. Mm. So we're just going to keep adding to that information and we're going to let our readers decide what they want to do with the information, but we're going to give it to them in the most unbiased way possible. I love that. And I think that that's so incredibly important, especially because it is the 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 barrier to entry for information and understanding of, of the United States election process is not just, it's not just, um, confusing to folks outside the US. Plenty of people that are outside of Washington, D.C. Are, are profoundly confused by all of it. And that is accentuated by the, the disinformation that also happens. So many people now are getting their news um, in their own curated channels, right? They're getting information from where they where their resources are. So if they're Republican inclined or the Democrat inclined, they're getting news sources that that feed into what they care about. What kinds of things are you working on? What are you doing at the Hill to try to appeal to a broader uh, audience? Because I think that that's something that you also do very well. I think we're staying true to what the Hill is, which is an unbiased source of policy and news, you know, that that you can use. Um, and I think what's great about us is that we're very cautious about approaching each subject with no bias. You know, we have a very stringent process and something that our um, editor-in-chief and managing editor really focus on a lot, you know, and I think that alone kind of helps us maintain our readership and helps us appeal to a broad audience, you know, because we don't, we don't, if you look at any of the media biases chart from, you know, the last 10 years, the Hill is very squarely right in the center, right? Yeah. We have no bias. We, we approach a subject in the most, um, you know, unbiased way possible. And I think that's what helps us. And and once, you know, a lot of different companies kind of struggle with that, which is why, you know, it's hard for them to build that audience, but we already have that. Right. So now we just need to kind of make sure our journalism is still strong, make sure the products we're offering are still innovative. And that's what we need to do to kind of still appeal to our audience, you know, so our core, our core audience base will keep coming back to us because they know what we are and what they get when they come to the hill.com. Yeah. Um, it's very clear. Um, you I know, appreciate from, from that so much. Yeah. I, th I think that that's so cool. I'm curious. This is the second time I've only asked this question now twice. I had a guest um, who just now is, is she's a U.S. citizen, but she's just back from um, having been in Europe for some time as a journalist. What do you think 
what was what did you learn when you came to the U.S. after having reported in in London and in Dubai and all these other remarkable places? What was what are some of the takeaways? What are the, some of the things that either surprised you or that were different from your what your perception was when you came to the U.S.? I love it. I it was always my dream to work in the United States. You know, we all we all watch those amazing journalism movies. You know, growing up, especially being being a journalism student, you know, and you you really want to be in the heart of it. So, mm-hmm. DC was always a dream that I that I honestly never thought possible. But you know, it, it, I am living my dream right now. So it's always fun. Um, but as everything I thought it would be, you know, it's it's a it's a little bit of House of Cards, a little bit of Veep, a little bit of <laughs> you know Saturday Night Live. But it's yeah. everything that you think it's going to be, but more, and it's so exciting. But I was pleasantly surprised by how much I would love the house mm-hmm. uh, house side of things. Like I, you know, helped cover um, Speaker McCarthy's um, election battles in um in January and you know he went through all of those rounds I was there sitting in the press gallery you know helping the congressional team work on a live blog and then again I was you know covering his his uh battle once again you know a couple of months later and then Speaker Johnson's eventual rise so it's just always exciting how much happens in the house and I get it you know it's that perpetual kind of battle that people in DC have I love it the I'm a house girl all day right, long. Right? I worked in the house, so it's it's my favorite place. It does feel like uh, it's it's rough and tumble. It's a little bit of, you don't know what you're going to get, and it's kind of fun too. Yeah, and it's amazing. And and I, I I just so that was what was unexpected to me. I didn't realize how much I would love the nitty gritties of of the house workings. If you were to draw a comparison um, in terms of journalism from uh, Europe and overseas to here. With, is there anything that stands out that's different here in the U.S.? Um, I think, you know, the journalism is the same everywhere. But, you know, but for here, I think it's a bit more fast moving, I would say, compared okay. to some of the other places I've worked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, India, I think, relates, uh, the journalism there relates to the sense because, you know, we have a very, you know, we have the the lower house and the upper house. And, you know, we have all of these elections and one point six people so i think india compares the most to i think the the urgency and the freshness and the excitement um of of you know united states yeah uh, oh that's so interesting the other thing i had someone tell me is that um her comparison was that here is a little more um there's a little more entertainment in the journalism, whereas overseas, she had uh, done quite a bit in London and some other places too, and talked a little bit about how um, it was straight news, news, whereas here there's another like a level of also entertainment and and kind of fun that's injected into it too. That was kind of the takeaway that she had had that it sounds like maybe is a little bit of what you're hearing too. Yeah, definitely. I think also, you know, here there's a lot more biases involved than, than covering um the government in the UK, you know, you know, very, it's it's very straight laced. You you can't really express an opinion on social media <laughs> or, you know, online. So it I used think to be different here. It's crazy now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's so cool. So, okay. So when you're not uh, working on audience development and you're not working on social, okay, quick question though. Social is changing like so much. Um, any, any tips or tricks or things that you think are working in the social space today that maybe you can offer to to the listener today? I mean, you look at all of the polls recently, you know, and you look at how much the generation that comes after us is using social, social media to 
to get their news. You know, so many youngsters get their news from TikTok, from Instagram, from, um, you know, not so much from Twitter, but Reddit is a surprising, oh, um, you know, new social media. Not not new because they've been around for a while, but I think people are using it more and consuming sure. it more and using it for their news source more. So I think that especially for a brand like The Hill to stay relevant, right, we focus on our social media as a way to draw a younger, newer, fresher audience and try and convert them into loyal readers. You know, so if you look at our Instagram, it's very fun. It's very fresh. It gives you the information you need that you can just, you know, swipe through a couple of slides, get everything you need to know about the story. And if you're so inclined, you can then click the link in bio and then, you know, understand it. We recently launched a TikTok, which is slow going because, you know, we're a couple of years behind the curve, but we still get over, you know, 900,000 views a month on just our TikTok alone. So wow. we're trying to crack that platform platform as well but that's what i love of the love about working at the hill is the innovativeness and the ability to to use a trial and error method to determine what works and what doesn't but but really i found that you know the the sheer number of audiences we reach you know our engagement and reach on instagram we have about you know 300,000 followers but we reach over 1 million users a month because wow. of how much they engage with our content and how much they share it with their friends. So that's my biggest marker of, you know, it's not the follower count, but it's how much people are sharing our stuff on Instagram with their friends. So I always look at the share stat, you know, that's because interesting. that means that you've actually created something that people are engaging with and want to share either with their friends or on their stories. So I'm a huge believer that you have to have social media to kind of engage because where else are they going to find us from? You know, how right. are we going to 10 years down the line, how are you going to continue to draw the audience because our loyal readers are the Gen Z's of today. Right. You know, we need to get them while they're young and get them to understand what the hill stands for. Mm -hmm. So that 10 years down the line, they're gonna be like, hey, I actually recognize them from, you know, this this great TikTok series they did. Sure. 10 years later. And I they might be working in policy or government now and they'll be like, you know what? Yeah, I trust them. They're a good source for me to keep going to. Yeah. Um so you have to uh, that I makes think, sense. you know use all of these platforms that we have at our disposal and just keep trying and you know either you sometimes you fail but more often than not I find with social media you do end up succeeding and Reddit is a great platform for for that experimentation too. That's so interesting my my, my teenagers have both have Reddit accounts and I mean I like how you say it's not it's not an it's an old platform but it's a platform that is really been infused with a lot of energy and seems to be a place where people are attracted to but also too I love that you say um trial and error because I think that that's right like what's going to work you never really know right I mean there's no strategy to to people clients will come and they'll say I'd really like to make a viral something well the truth is is that that's all very organic so you have to really kind of try a couple of different things and be willing to be um, experimenting to try to see what it is that's going to catch fire right and that's a big part of 100%. it 100 percent it's exactly what I tell my team, you know, they're like, oh, I, I worked really hard on this video and it, it didn't get, you know, it only got 10,000 views, but I didn't work so hard on this one and it got, you know, 300,000 views. Like what's the, you know, and I was like, you know, sometimes you just never know what is going to tick and what's yeah. going to make people consume it more. Right. But you just, so that's why you have to keep trying because that's the beauty of the algorithm. Yeah. Right? You never know. You just don't ever know. So, Exactly. And so that's why I'm a huge believer in the trial and error method, because you know, you can't say for sure that something's going to take off because you just can't. Yeah. That, that's just not the nature of, 
of the algorithm on social media right now. But if you keep trying, maybe you might be able to crack it more and more because you know you're like okay that worked i'm just going to keep tweaking what did i do there yeah and then and then maybe maybe you exhaust it and you have to move on to something else how many people are on your team so i have a team of eight okay that's a big group that's a big group that's awesome and they're they're very talented they're very great and um they're hungry you know i i really love people who ask questions who engage who you know don't just i think rest once it does well but they ask the question why did it do well I love that what made this do well and I think most of the people on on my team have that questioning capability which is you know it's the only way we're going to succeed you know yeah. if you keep questioning how Absolutely. to improve what, what we do yeah no I love that and I love um it's so much of it is just trial and error and having, but having smart people that are curious about the work that they do also makes that that much more interesting and that much more compelling as they grow and they expand. Uh, so, uh, Sarakshi, when you're not uh, in the journalism space, uh, what is it that keeps you busy? What kinds of things? So since I'm on, yeah. So since I'm on social media so much, you know, I tend to get drawn into these TikTok uh, books. Okay. So I've recently been reading this fantasy series called Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros, um, which is really interesting. It's it's fantasy, romance, you know, but it's huge on TikTok and it has a huge readership on TikTok. So I've been recently delving into that series, but mostly it's, you know, our jobs are so stressful that sometimes you just need to switch off and, and yeah. you know, just read a romance novel or um my husband and I love to go on walks we live um you know DC has so many parks so it's oh, always fun to best. to take yeah. a weekend and just keep you know walking through a park and you never know where you find you you you'll end up but, absolutely um, yeah, it, it's it's really fun and we love to try new food so we recently went to an Ethiopian place um in Cleveland Park which is great it's just opened up um what's the so, name do you remember yeah, where either it's called, um, uh, I'll have to get the name for you. Okay. It's just open in Cleveland Park. Um, and it's really, it's it's in Woodley. It's right next to the Woodley Metro Station. Oh, I know um, exactly what right you're talking about. The, the McDonald's. Okay. And oh, it's, yeah. It's I know exactly crazy. there. All right. You'll have to get me the name because I'll put it in the show notes so I people will. know. Because um, you know how <laughs> yes. DC we all are. We all like book recommendations and we all love streaming Elsa's recommendations. Ethiopian, Elsa's Ethiopian kitchen Elsa's yeah okay I'm and all, it's local you know I so know we love, we love local I love restaurants and giving them a little bit of a boost I love that and they just open Okay, awesome. Well, that's good because food recommendations are always a hit on the show. Um, and book recommendations too. my daughter is in on the TikTok book. The what do they call it? It's like not TikTok books. Book talk. Book talk. Book That's talk. right. Yes, yes. Because we I, we spend a lot of time sort of like because she's always got she's got a running list of the ones that she wants to read. So I think that that's a great recommendation. Um, okay. So as we get to the end of our thirty minutes, which we could probably talk another hour and a half, we have so much to catch up on. Um, who is it that I should uh, reach out to for a future episode of the show? So two women I admire. I'll give you two recommendations. Uh, one is Erica Allen. She's at the Washington Post and she's the head of audience. She is someone who is just so sharp and fascinating and just a pleasure to speak to. So I, I would definitely recommend her. But you may have already spoken to her. But another one is my colleague, Julia Manchester. 
reporter. She's a campaign reporter at the Hill, and she's been, you know, on the on the trail for us and and really been covering the election cycle. I haven't um, talked to her. I follow and, and her. I think, yeah, she's doing great work. And I think she'd be an amazing, amazing um, guest on the show. Oh, awesome. Well, they both would be great. I know Erica. I know the Washington Post is going through a big changeover now, too. So I bet Erica has a lot to um, offer because I bet she's probably they're probably in a very new sort of development process as well. Shiroxi, thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. This was so fun. We're going to have to do it again because there's so much more to talk about. Thanks for having me. This was amazing. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I love having this show. I love you to be part of it. Thanks again. Thanks to PR Daily for being a partner. And thanks to the folks at Big Wig Podcast for letting us be part of their network. See you soon.